You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Welcome to the end of 2016. Can you believe it's our last show of the year? Man, that's crazy. I know. <laughs> that's crazy. Where? And it's the end of an era, Corey. It's the end of just Sexy Marriage Radio podcasts being the extent of what people can tap into in the way of great content with us. 2017 is ushering in a whole new era. There you go. We're going to talk a lot about next week, I hope, with the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy. Yep, we will. And there's some great things coming. It's going to be a great resource, a great deal. And uh, I hope you can join us. So, welcome to Sex and Marriage Radio. This is uh, Corey and Shannon. We're, you know, ushering in a new year, putting to bed an old. I can't think of any other kind no of No pun intended was, with the putting to bed thing. I was, was going to try to keep coming up with a bunch of you know, cliches and stuff. And it's just be cliche radio. Yeah, you got to the end of that list pretty quick. I do. Yeah, I don't like cliches. Uh, but one of the things I do love that maybe is cliche to every single show is feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is where you can send us your questions, your thoughts, your comments, your feedback, your criticisms, your concerns, your Christmas list. Did it get it? Did you get what you wanted or not? What's your new year's resolution? That's a pretty impressive list. You just rattled off right there. (laughs) So you're better at this than you give yourself credit But we do love, I've been doing this for five years. Hopefully I would get a little bit better. I listened to one of our old shows a while back and I'm like, whoa, who was that guy? Did you cringe? Man, that's kind of crazy. Um, but we are glad that people take some time out of their day to spend it with us. And it's humbling every time we get invited in to be able to speak to what is painful and frustrating and perhaps even glorious and fun and pleasurable. So we want to try to do that in the coming year. And that's where what Shannon just mentioned when it comes to the academy, that's going to be a way to do that on a more in-depth, get more than just 30 minutes of free sex therapy a week to actually get a whole lot more for just $27 a month. I mean, that's going to be a steal when you think about our normal rate of just what we charge. You can't get a couple of salads and a dessert and a couple of drinks at Panera Bread for that price. There you go. Yeah. So one of the things that we we often do is is kind of set the stage for the coming year. But this time we're going to kind of set the stage by doing part two of the high desire. What do you do? Because last week was all about when the husband and some of the things he can be doing wrong, some of the things the high desire does wrong outside of the bedroom. Because I I still love that I got an email from one of the listeners because early on in our shows, when you when you joined us at at Sexy Marriage Radio um, and if you're new, welcome. Shannon and I are not married to each other. but we've been doing the show for a long time, so she's my three years sh- together now. So I guess what you're my show wife. Um, something, I don't know what that <laughs> work wife. There you go. Um, but it, but it is one of those that it's it's interesting because early on I had made a comment about how a lot of times the low desire partner is the one that's got more clarity when it comes to sex because they realize the sex that they're having isn't worth wanting. Because the high desire, huge revelation. Yeah, the high desire. What you got to start examining them on. What are they wanting multiple helpings of lousy sex for? 
And so really it's just intended to try to reframe to where both parties need to examine am I am what I'm doing is that worth wanting? You know, am I worth wanting? And and when it t- when it comes to husbands, we can do a lot of things that shoot ourselves in the foot, but we want to talk today about the wife that's yeah. the high desire partner. Right. And what she could be doing that shoots herself in the foot. Right. Because it's such a stereotype to assume that the higher desire partner is always the male. Right. It's not always the husband. I hear from more and more women the past 15 years since writing the Every Woman's Battle series, women who are saying it is such a myth that it's always the guy right. who wants sex more often. Well, let's set and the stage, I, though, because I feel like such an anomaly. Yeah, but because re, research shows. And, and this is just what I have found when I've researched this topic. Research shows 30 to 40% of the relationships have the wife as the high desire. Right. And like you said last week, a lot of it is determined by testosterone levels. And there are women who have extraordinarily high testosterone levels. And there are men that have extraordinarily it, low testosterone levels. Exactly. And you put those two in a relationship together and there's going to be some paradigm shifts. There's, yeah. there's going to be some expectations not met. And yeah, I want to focus on, are there things that women do that actually inhibit her chances of getting a yes out of her husband? Because okay. just like inevitably men do things without even realizing it, surely women do too. And in fact, you know, when we talked about it last week, I had made a quick list of all of three to four things as I was making the list for this show, I'm already up to seven, and that was just <laughs> top of my well, head. But, and this but, is only a 30-minute show, so I'm going to stop. Yeah, but you are that gender, so you've got a leg up that because you kind of have seen the history of your own life, you know, and just well, not just that, not just that, but also just in in over a decade of work with women yeah. and couples. Yeah. Just recognizing how often she misses it. She, she has this blind spot right. where he, he knows full well what he's thinking and how he's feeling and why he doesn't warm up to her sexual advances or why he doesn't pursue her sexually, but she can't see it. Okay, but let me, can I come at it first just to kind of start the whole show? Sure, of, your show. Let, let, <laughs> not, I'm kidding. Come on. No. It's we, our show. How long I have we been doing this now. thing? Come on, girl. Um <laughs> No, so just to set the stage of the husband who's the low desire partner, there can be some things going on that have exacerbated that issue, right? That have that have created that scenario that will only enhance it in a bad way. And what I'm specifically talking to is talking about is the man that has performance anxiety, that has performance issues, it does not matter. Well, is there a way a wife can pursue and entice her that he does not have to confront that in himself? And the way a guy often is wired is there is a fundamental question deep in our psyche. John Eldridge talks about this in some of his work on can I come through? Can I deliver? Can I perform? And so if I'm being confronted with a woman that wants me to perform, crap. <laughs> you know, it's lots of times a guy's just going to want to avoid that at all costs. He's not going to want to have to take the courage that it does to have to actually say, hold on. Let's let's see what we can make happen. You know, it's, let's see. I love um, 
Robert Glover's work. He's the No More Mr. Nice Guy dude. And he he made a comment in one of his podcasts that based on one of the things that I think this is from his own experience, he made the comment of, you know, this is an anxiety pr- producing situation here. I don't know if I'm going to get an erection or not, but let's kind of roll around and see. You know, let's kind of let's kind of get started and see. But it's yeah. kind of like I'm just going to confront it head on. And a lot of times, guys, that's maybe no what we intended. need to do. Right. Maybe that's what we need to do is like, you know what? I maybe can't perform for you this way, but maybe we can do some other things. Or Exactly. I think that men definitely right. have to accept the fact that even if you can't cut the mustard, you can still lick the jar. Right. And but- I'm working with a couple now that are in their 50s. And this is a second marriage for both of them. And he came into the relationship with some performance anxieties because it had just been a while since he had been with a woman. And he had some, some, you know, issues with erectile dysfunction and his doctor had told him, he said, you know, I can give you a prescription for Viagra or Cialis. And he said, but here's the thing. You may only need to take it once and see that you actually are capable of performing right. and you may not need to continue taking it because it's probably as much mental as it Absol- is. Physical. Yeah. Most of the time it is mental and right. But it's just to realize when you're talking about a wife, that's the high desire. I want her to hear very clearly that this is not an excuse to say, oh, well then he's off the hook. It's just, Okay. Dudes, You're going to have to work harder at it. Dudes, you've got to confront some better, th- some things in yourself. Not can you perform or not. It's more, can you be solid and real with her or not? Can you just be and can up Can you front? show up? Right. Can, can you, be, you just show right. up in bed? Can you take a solid stance that's vulnerable, that, that says, you know what? This, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know if it's going to happen this time. I don't, you know, and just kind of be upfront about it. Because that's so funny, uh, if you think about it from just a relationship dynamic. When elephants are in the room, everybody feels it. Everybody knows it's there. And if you can name it, you shrink it a little bit. You know, you yeah. shrink the size of that elephant. And it, and it just all of a sudden now, we kind of have taken charge of some things a little better. So I just want right. to start that way because it's different, I think, when you're talking about this dynamic. Mm -hmm. Well, that leads me to one of the things on the list. But first, let me say that there's just so much more pressure on men to be orgasmic in a sexual encounter, because if a woman doesn't orgasm, it doesn't mean that there, there wasn't great sex that happened. But I think that in most couples minds, they kind of look at the male ejaculation as being the the denouement the climax, the the ending, you know, the, the happy ending, if so to speak. So I do know that there's a lot of pressure on men that isn't necessarily on women. However, I wish that women would put more pressure on themselves to experience orgasm and to, um, to kind of color outside the lines a little bit, stretch themselves out of their comfort zone, because if they were orgasming more, there would be more of a payoff. Therefore there would be more incentive to be more sexual, but that's a different show. (laughs) Let's just stick with the women who they know that they are orgasmic. They want to have more frequent orgasms or at least more frequent sexual encounters. So one of the worst things that she can do is emasculate her husband is to make him feel bad about the fact that, He's going to have challenges once in a while, and it's not necessarily an age-related thing. I think that sometimes men of all ages can just get stressed out at work or struggle with their self-esteem, or maybe he has a weight problem, or there's lots of issues that can lead him to have some struggles in how he functions. But I remember when I was writing Every Woman's Marriage, there was a guy whose testimony just ripped my heart out. Um, He was saying that his wife, for years, has derided him about having a short penis, and that 
there's nothing he can do about it. Right. There are certain things that you have to accept that, you know, some things are changeable and some things are not. Right. And that's just one of those things that simply was not. And for her to make him feel bad about it, it's like, yeah, chances are when you pursue him, he's going to shrink back literally yep. because you have emasculated him. So don't do that ladies. Um, another thing on the list is um, just being so busy all the time that he feels as if he's not a priority in her life. And I would think that this, this could go two ways. Kind of like what you had said when we were prepping for the show last week, you said that this could go either way, whether it's men or women being the high desire partner, Mm -hmm. the things that we talked about could apply as easily to women as to men. The same thing is true here. When a woman feels as if she's not a priority in a man's life and then he comes charging at her for sex, she's going to be like, yeah, no, thanks. How is that not true in reverse? Yeah. Yeah, because men can often feel put upon with just the life that they live with providing, with the job, with whatever it is that their situation requires. And so it it can be that whole, oh, here we go. More, you know, you want more of me again, you know, and what else can I give? And, you know, just so it's that's a human condition thing. Yeah. Yeah. So making him a priority outside of the bedroom will go a long way in helping him feel more receptive inside the bedroom, just like in reverse. Um, another thing is treating like a child. I think that when women talk down to their husbands and are disrespectful and play more the mother role than the wife, best friend role, men are not attracted to their mothers right. sexually. So if that's the role she's going to take, that's how he's going to feel about her. To quote anti-Freud. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no Oedipus complex there. <laughs> um, another thing is letting herself go. And I know that that's an awkwardly painful proposition to put out there on the table, but again, it could work. It could easily work in reverse when either spouse lets themselves go, stops exercising, stops eating right, stops getting just the proper rest and, and just grooming. And right. you know, like you want to be with someone who looks good, feels good, smells good. That's just human nature. And when that doesn't happen very often, sexual desire can dwindle right and that i I would put in that category also just a level of letting yourself go with confidence that you don't have a confidence that that's a that's a i don't know that's kind of a an essence kind of a thing it's not about how necessarily as much how you look it's how confident you are in your own skin and who you are Mm -hmm. that you know do you are you constantly you know second guessing doubting insecure, that kind of stuff. And then you're looking to him to boost you that that's the same kind of thing that, you know, emotional propping up will attraction is going to wane in time. Caretaking is a libido killer. Yep, That is true. Which leads me to my next thing on the list, which is kind of related, but it comes more from within inside her than in, than in his mind, just being self-critical of her own body. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget a guy approaching me at an event in Canada and he, um, we had this deal where Fred Stoker spoke to the men and I spoke to the women, but for one session we switched. And so I went over to speak to the men and this guy comes charging up to me and he says, when you go back to speak to the ladies, will you please tell them that they don't have to be modest in their own bedrooms? And so I relayed that message and just said, I don't know whose husband told me that, but I'm passing on the message. Right. I want to say at least a dozen women came up to me and said, that was my husband, wasn't it? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> women, they, and he had actually said that, that when she is constantly complaining that she's to this, to that, not enough, this, not, their boobs aren't big enough, her butt's too big, or her butt's not big enough, or her boobs are big, you know, whatever, whatever. He says, it's really hard to shield yourself against not believing those things when she's constantly shoving it down your throat because that's what she believes about herself. And that can exacerbate a powerlessness that a husband could feel because as men, a lot of times we fall victim to the fix-it mentality. So when we're presented problems and we can't influence or help or fix that just further hits straight into that can I come through scenario, and that is no, I can't. I can't make you feel better about you. I can't. Right. You know, just so, like just like a man can't make his penis longer, a woman can't necessarily make. I mean, he he can't make her butt smaller or bigger or what. You know, he. Yeah, you're you're right. right. That fix it thing, that nail in the head thing. It's <laughs> that's a that's a rough one because. If you think about it, there are some, you know, we try to shy away from stereotypes and broad brush stroke kind of things, but there are still some broad brush stroke kind of things that apply of men are different than women. And the wiring we have is different in our brains and in our bodies. So, man, I, I hope people hear very clearly that some of the stuff goes straight into the fears that just further exacerbate. And so... It's the idea of how do I just maintain who I am and invite and inspire. And that's just like we talked about last week, some of the same kind of stuff we mentioned about that the husbands could be doing, a wife could be doing too. On just how do you present a presence and an essence and share that with your with with your husband, with your people, just with the people you're keeping around. In, and keeping in mind that sexy is not about size or shape. It is about attitude and confidence is sexy. Right. No matter how you slice it, confidence is sexy. Right. There are some stereotypically unattractive people on the planet that because they come across so confident, they do exude sex appeal and it, and it is interpreted as sexy. Yeah. And most, so of, it, most of Hollywood A-listers, I would say they look sexy, but if you probably knew them, they're not. Exactly. Because their confidence is all bravado. Exactly. (laughs) It goes back to you can act your way into a new way of feeling. But if a woman just acts sexy in the presence of her husband, she'll feel sexy. But if she's acting all insecure and exuding a lack of confidence, that he's going to pick up on that. And that's a a libido killer for him. It definitely does not increase her chances of getting a yes out of him. Well, especially her ego propped up. Especially if he's already the low desire. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I'll just kind of get this started, and you take over. And no, that dynamic doesn't necessarily work that way. If yeah. you've got that, I think of letting the air out of a mattress. You basically just plopped yourself down on that mattress <laughs> to just make sure that all the air is really out of it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay, so um, number six is rushing through the act as if it's a to-do list item. Okay. That when a guy just feels as if you're interested in a wham, bam, thank you, sir, for lack of a better expression, and you're not interested in a deep, sensual, attentive, alluring, what other descriptive word can we think of? (laughs) I'm out. I I blew mine at the very beginning of the show, remember? (laughs) You shot your wad early, huh? (laughs) A, a, A genuine, intimate encounter, not just a mechanical sexual release you know men and women both at times i would hope especially if they are the higher desire partner they want to get caught up in the moment they want to be swept off their feet they want it to be a transcendent 
experience. They want to feel like it is an out-of-body experience where they are taken to a different place and they are not weighed down with the stuff of earth that they are literally, um, it's kind of like beam me up, Scotty type of a thing where they get to go to a different place in their mind where it's euphoric. It's, it's, um, uh, Edenic for lack of a better right. expression that it, it, it's kind of reflective of paradise. Of, right. Oh my gosh. I forgot about all of our problems. I forgot about all of our issues. I forgot about all of my insecurities. And for that little window of time, I was a rock star in bed with you. Right. It just, everybody clamors for that at least on occasion. Yeah. And so a woman needs to make sure that her husband is experiencing that type of fulfillment in order for him to have the payoff that he wants to make him an interested and motivated sex partner to be open to her advances. Okay. And so anything you want to say about that before I move on to number seven? No. Okay. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Cause okay. I, it's important to keep it in mind that this isn't just necessarily, what do you do that shoots yourself in the foot when it comes to advances? It's also, how are you living this shooting yourself in the foot? You know, this is that, am I, the way I framed it last week with the husbands was, are you being trustworthy outside of the bedroom as well as inside the bedroom? Are you creating a safe environment in every environment of your life? Meaning, do you look at porn? Do you look at other women inappropriately, especially in the presence of your wife? You know, all of those kinds of things. That's not creating a safe environment. And so the littlest things can derail it. And I think the same is true for wives. The littlest thing can derail it. And so it's almost where I need to just kind of get myself in check to boost my confidence of not only how do I pursue this in my marriage, but also how do I live my life as confidence, as, as who I am, as, as differentiated and solid. Right. Um, and I had a thought on the tip of my tongue about that too. Oh, you often say that um, sometimes the lower desire partner wakes up to the reality that the sex that's being offered is not worth wanting. Yeah. Well, just because a woman is offering sex or wanting sex doesn't mean that what she's offering is necessarily worth wanting. And so I'm just challenging her to make sure that it's the type of encounter that a sexual being is really going to walk away from feeling like they really got something out of that. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the type that would make somebody want to light up a cigarette if they smoked, you know, or, or, or at least drift into a deep, sleep where everything just feels spent and satisfied right that's that's kind of the the natural end all of a sexual relationship is that what are the different stages there's the arousal and the climax and then the what's the the resolution period right. that he needs to feel as if there was a, a resolution to what he desires not just what she desires and so then the final one I mean, I, I bring this up because this is what I see so often in women at the well workshops is that whatever a woman is really wrestling with, if you will simply ask her the question, how early in your life do you remember feeling that way before that? What we often learn is that the issue that she's struggling with in her marriage relationship didn't start with the man that she married. It started with the man that raised her. Or it started with the man that she was raised with, or it started with you know, somebody long ago, mm -hmm. daddy issues, brother issues, abuser issues, ex-husband issues to project all of that old baggage onto your partner. Right. It's so unfair. Right. Because he's not your daddy. He's not your brother. He's not your abuser. He's not your ex-husband. 
So you have to be really careful about what lens you're looking at him through, because I think a lot of women just expect to be mistreated because they've been mistreated. Well, if you're projecting that onto him, he's going to get defensive or he's just going to get exhausted, right? you know, of just trying to dispel the myth that that's what you can expect from him. And so I would think that a man could get very frustrated in the emotional component of the relationship when he feels as if she's projecting past issues onto him. And that's going to take away his sexual attractiveness to her, or it's going to take away right, I got her you. attractiveness to him. You, right. Yeah. You go. Yeah. So that's my list. I'm sure that you can add to it. <laughs> well, mine, I just frame it in the whole dynamics of masculinity versus femininity that we all, every human has both. But typically, whoever it is, the masculine has a little bit more of a power, uh, conquer, pursue, launch out into the world uh, kind of traits to it, characteristic. And femininity is more receptive, free-flowing, fluid, creative, you know, nurturing. So there's both sides of this. And a lot of times for men, when we're confronted with being out masculine, it it really does kind of throw us for loops. And if you have if it's on a if it's on a playing field, you get it. It's like okay, it's a competition. If it's in the business court, the boardroom, you get it. It's it's just it's a competition. But when it's in a marriage, and all of a sudden I'm being out masculine, and I have to grow in comfort in my feminine of being receptive, being open, being responsive. That's sometimes very foreign to figure out how do I just receive? How do I just engage in this and let them take the lead? And this works doesn't matter if the wolf if the wife has the high desire or the low desire. This is just kind of an interesting experiment for men to to just challenge themselves with on that the times when she wants to take charge, if you are if you take some self awareness and realize how quickly do you try to take the reins back because you don't want to be out masculine. I'm sorry, fellas, us, we need to be challenged to learn how to let go of our masculine at times and be in our feminine and, Mm -hmm. and let her have the reins and let her take charge and let her do whatever and initiate or whatever. And it's just, so if you have that dynamic, sometimes that could be at play that he's like, this is a different world. I'm, I'm in my masculine all day long and now I come home and I have to give it up. I'm not comfortable giving that up or right. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it through that particular lens, but what comes to mind is um, a couple of different clients. One of them, the woman had been sexually abused before um, by someone much older than her. So there was a a power element to it where she felt powerless Uh and she did not like sex with her husband. But when I asked enough questions, what I realized was it, it wasn't that she didn't like sex with her husband. It's that she didn't like the feeling of being overpowered by her husband, right. but how they normally would have sex was the missionary position. Well, that's usually man on top yep. where the woman has to be receptive and feels very vulnerable. And so I just challenged her to turn that paradigm on its head and that she should be the one to initiate. She should be the one to be on top that she could even embrace her dominatrix fantasy if because she actually had one you know when i was you know really pushing her of when your brain really goes into orgasmic mode what are the the fantasies and the scenarios that you entertain and and it was really all about her being right. powerful and Power. being in charge yeah yes and so when she asked you know I challenged her to ask her husband how would you feel if this is what i needed 
he had no problem right. with that. You know, it's like, absolutely, I'll get on okay, bottom, you but get on top. Hold on, because I, I want to just ex- examine this a little bit deeper, because this is the complexities that a lot of people don't go, because it's very easy to just kind of use the, oh, yeah, guys are like, oh, yeah, go ahead, dominate me. I'm good with that. Hold on, fellas. Really? Not all men are. No, and I would say every human has a, has a limit of I'm going to be pushed up against that, and how do I respond to it. That's what matters to me is yeah. how do you, I mean, I had that, I had that this past week with Pam on going, going along just fine. And then she says something and I'm like, uh Oh, hold on. You know, and it kind of threw me for a loop and it was just, let me hold, let me kind of wait, let me, you know, and we got to, we had to sit and talk it through a little bit and it's just yeah. kind of, wow, that came out of nowhere, you know, but it's just that whole, Okay. Pay attention to what comes up. Exactly. And that's the point of when you're looking at sex is going to push us to our levels of anxiety that we can handle and tolerate. But that doesn't mean once I get that threshold, I have to just back off. How do I stay at it without obligating my partner to be okay with it, without pushing my agenda on them, but just maintaining a presence? Right. And I think with wives that are the high desire, that's a struggle. Because right. it's a vulnerable stance to take to open yourself up to rejection that's different for a wife than it is for a guy. Yeah. Women, yeah. women take rejection differently. That's very, very true. It's very true. And I have to toss out one more, uh, a client that I was working with. She was CEO and her husband was more, you know, work part-time, take care of the kids, that sort of thing. Well, she didn't want to be the decision maker when it came to sex. She wanted to come home and take off the CEO hat and be told what to do sexually and just fall in line. That was a comfort to her. So for him to understand that is very, very important, but she had to communicate it. So I would say that one of the things that women do to shoot themselves in the foot is they fail to communicate yes. what they really think, feel, and need in the sexual relationship. So that, that can we be can human. go on and on. That could be human nature on failing to communicate what you really need or want. And sometimes it's, I fail to communicate because I don't even really know. Right? You have to be self-aware. And, you have to show up. Well... <laughs> Okay, but how do you show up when you're not even really sure what you're trying to show up for? You just have this inkling, you have this something's not right, something's missing, a longing, something. How do you show up solidly with that? You don't know how to scratch. When I think I think the way you show up with that is you just say, I feel like there's a longing for something in my soul, and I don't know what that is, but I want to push to see if I can Let's find it. Let's talk about it. Right. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And so, hey, for women who are ready to talk about what's holding them back in the bedroom or what's causing them to act out outside of the bedroom, either direction, I want to encourage them to come to a Women at the Well workshop. Yes. February 6th through the 9th in Tyler, March 19th through the 22nd in Tyler, or April 23rd through the 26th in Lansing, Michigan. I'm going to give Sexy Marriage Radio listeners $100 off Sweet. if they get signed up within the next two weeks. Sweet. There you go. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for listening. See you next yeah. time. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.